G'day listeners, welcome to another Guitar Wank podcast. I am your host, Troy McCubbin. Thank you for joining us again. Whatever you're doing, wherever you are in the world, a big shout out to uh, Dexter, Troy Dexter, mate. He's in the gym, he told me the other day that uh, he's usually working out when he listens to Guitar Wank, so mate, you're kicking ass, he's hit the gym a lot, he's, he's buffing up, Dexter, don't get too buff, mate, you won't be able to hold that guitar, mate. <laughs> Uh, we're going to get Dexter in to have a couple of beers with the boys. That'll be fun. He's uh, great. If you don't know, check out Troy Dexter. Look him up. He's got a killer CD out and, um, yeah, a monster musician in his own right. But uh, we appreciate the support, Dexter. And uh, Brett Gar said, I know we're always talking about Brett. He's, if you don't know Brett, go check out his playing. That's why we're always talking about him. And he's such an awesome guy. Great bloke. Thank you for the donation, mate, and the support. We really appreciate it. Brett is now paying us to talk about him. <laughs> Not really, mate. I know. Uh, what else is going on? We t- I talked to Luke the other day. It's so cool I get to talk to Steve Lukather that I get excited because he's one of my superhero guitar players and just a monster musician. But anyway, he's keen and he's ready to do it as soon as he gets back from... He was on in the road with... Uh, Ringo and the All-Stars, I guess. So, he was in Korea and he said, yeah, as soon as I get back, I'm, I'm down, Troy, for the guitar wank. He's looking forward to it. So, I'm really excited about having Lukather in here. I mean, Lukather, damn, he's a monster. Uh, so, that'll be fun. Um, who else? We're, g- we're going to have Smitty, the drummer from uh, Jay Leno's band that plays with Bruce a lot on drums. We're going to have him in. I would like to get, I'm going to throw this out in the universe in case one of you guys know this musician, who I'm a huge fan of, have been forever, but Lee Sklar, um, he's a monster and legendary bass player and just an all-round fun, great guy. Uh, I would love to have Lee in. Lee, if you're listening, I want you to come to Guitar Wank and us, join us on the couch because I'm sure this week uh, I think Bruce is going to have a good talk about bass players. So we probably should have Lee in to def- defend maybe the bass community um we'll get a drummer in to defend the drummers of the world but um yeah lee i think you'd be great to have in the show too lee sklar what a monster bass player and a really cool dude um i think that's about it we're going to get into the session remember if you want to buy a t-shirt or a mug and support guitar wank you can do that go to the website there's a donation button if you feel inclined and to all the people that donate it does not go unnoticed. Every time I get that little email that someone donated to Guitar Wank, it's um, it's super, super cool. We really, really appreciate it, and it's helping keeping us going. And, um, yeah, so thank you so much. If you feel inclined to donate a million dollars, please do so. We will use it wisely. Um, I think that's about it. The next time I will speak to you guys will be under a new presidency. Well, we will know bigly if, uh, yeah, I I actually can't wait. I can't wait to get this shit over. I mean, every other country in the world, we look at America like it's, I think it's like something like 500 days of this shit that we had to deal with. (sighs) Unbelievable. I question, I don't know why I would kind of figure, let me get all political because I'm such a, an expert but why don't the why don't the candidates just go you know what instead of using all this money for all the bullshit every town i go to every money i piece a bit of money i raise i'm just going to give it to all the awesome charities in that town wouldn't that be a great way to just get the people behind you i don't know i guess it does not work like that and troy you clearly have no idea what you're talking about so i'll shut up uh with that said let's get on to the podcast i know there's a lot of people out there going troy what the fuck are you talking about all right let's uh let's get onto this guitar wank podcast if you have a question a query abuse or suggestion or you want to tell me just shut the hell up email us at guitarwank at gmail.com go to the website go to facebook you can catch us on twitter on instagram and um yeah we're gonna start another competition soon too i think we uh we should do one sometime soon um and we're trying to think of ideas for christmas and all the other guests that are going to come in next year so it's it's lots happening but it's going to be really good to have the guys back in here and talk and find out what's been going on all right my cabin shut up 
Let's get on with the today's session. Mr. John Pisano, thank you for joining us. Uh, you can catch John at Viva Cantina in Burbank, California. I think every Tuesday night he has guitar night there, which is really cool and it's a great hang and all that. So uh, go do that. Without further delays, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Bruce Foreman, Scotty Henderson, guys, what do we have in store for the listeners this week? <laughs> John, when you were when you were starting off on guitar, were you? Is it something that you were on? You were on the guitar constantly. It was just. Oh crack. yeah, yeah, yeah. You my couldn't mother, put it down. My mother used to say, "Get out of the room. You're gonna you're gonna drive yourself nuts." Well, she was right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> no, I would practice pretty much the most the the day. This is when I was like fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. You know, and. Uh, now it's hard to practice. It's just—it's about, about <laughs> and, I, and I should be, you know. I always get sidetracked into. I, I oh, I think I should go out and water some trees, you know, and work in the yard or do something or pick a weed, and you know, I get, I keep on steering away from it. But anyway, me and Bruce talk about that all the time about the the, the practice. We don't practice to get better anymore. We just practice to remember what we know. <laughs> yeah, I practice. I practice to keep from getting worse. Right. <laughs> like, I, I have this set of music that you know that my band plays original music and, yeah. and and when i don't play it for like a couple months or something it just seems to leave my brain and then oh, when yeah. i have to go back and learn it again for a tour or something it seems like i have to learn it all over from scratch and listen to the record and pick the parts <laughs> off the record and just because yeah. it just leaves my brain well, and, then, and then once i get it on my fingers it comes back but yeah. man i, I guess yeah. Well, wait till you get old. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm 61. I feel pretty old. Well, let me tell you, the, the 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 most difficulty I have now, and it's it's is is learning, and and you know, learning new material. I I, it's almost literally I I can't remember the shit. I can I can practice something all week, some little figure or a series of chords. And I, I can forget it the next day or a couple of days later, you know. So I got to do it more. I, I have to figure a way, finding brain games and things to do to, you know. But it takes a lot to sit down and start doing that shit. You know, one day I'll, I'll one day yeah. I'll, I'll get it. Back. Yeah, right. You'll get it together eventually. How old, yeah. are, how old are you now, John? Uh, oh, eight, uh, eighty. Five, Another twenty years, you'll have yeah, it. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, <laughs> well, I told young. my I told young. my doctor the other day. I said, and he said, "Well, you know, you should do this because you're getting all you're getting to the age." And I said, "Don't give me that age." And I said, "I'm going to live forever." And he looked at me. and said, "Oh, but he said, but I'm not." <laughs> <laughs> He's a great doctor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pablo Casals, he was a 90 and asked him why he kept practicing all day. And he says, because I think I'm getting somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm getting somewhere. <laughs> John, John, with all the players, you play with so many different guitarists. So what what's, something you, what's something you've learned after all these years playing with so many different guitarists? Because a lot of guitarists don't normally play with a lot of other guitarists on a regular basis. And it seems like you do. Well... Uh, you mean things I learned? I, 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 again, go, going with with the age, I think has a lot to do with it. I need my ass kicked. Now, like when I get on the bandstand, I I can't, I I just can't. Uh, I don't have the energy unless somebody you know, like these two guys can do it. This guy can do it. You know, and the the, t the times that we've played together, it's always That's you always know. Blast, I, I find myself man. in a in a different. A different world and it's like the energy that I get but I don't get that from a good percentage of guys that I that I have to play with with guitar night and not putting their their playing is great but I I have rhythm sections that I used to play with that I can't play with anymore because they just don't you know they're just like laying there it's you know and uh, uh -huh. so uh, there then there are guitar players uh, 
that listen and play uh, you know they're they're not out there to do like a solo thing but they you know i i, I said this last night uh and i i make this statement a lot uh but it doesn't happen that often but the most joy that i this maybe is just me that i get out of uh, out of playing with any group of musicians and it's is is when you really can communicate with them and they communicate with you and if you could get it doesn't happen that when you have like a quartet or something and you got all the guys that are really listening and and it becomes a oneness it's like something that is so magical and so beautiful and and that is where the joy really is you know Boy, maybe he sounds like us when we talk well, yeah, know, <laughs> we I talk mean, about this the all music, the time it's it's not about <laughs> The notes and the rhythms. It's about the feeling of people and the energy and the what making something happen, making a moment of life, yeah, happen. You know, connecting to, to people, the audience, the people you're playing with. I mean, I, I the, one of my problems with guitar night sometimes when I go listen is it just some guys approach it like they're just going to go and play their licks and their heads buried and yeah. they're, they're not even aware of what's going on around them and yeah. you know and it's like yeah. and I see how you 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 know you you're not necessarily getting any energy out of them so you know it's like yeah as opposed to some nights you're there and you know it's yeah. just popping oh, know? I know well I have to say the first time I played with you. And you invited me to guitar night. I had no idea what to expect because uh -huh. it was like, "What's this going to be like?" You know. And from note one, I could so clearly hear that you're such a conversational player uh -huh. with everybody. Uh -huh. You know, your ears are wide open to whatever's going on, and everything yeah. that's a, you're influenced by everything that goes on around you. Yeah. And I'd like to think of myself as that kind of player too. Well, I hope I am. But but well, you are. <laughs> you're the king of that so well. i mean you know it it was just so much fun because everybody was having so much fun and i see the same thing when i hear you play with bruce yeah. how you guys play off each other and everything yeah. and it's just like fucking amazing and and yeah. uh that's i can see everybody having fun you can feel it in the air yeah everybody's yeah. having a great time well so that's when There's it happens it happens that way and yeah. and i feel the same way about you and that's a a a, a, a beautiful compliment from you saying that you you feel that uh, i'm supposed to be good at that too i mean i don't know uh, at listening you know mm -hmm. i guess that's one of the best things i do in fact sometimes it's really a drag if i'm playing with somebody i wind up playing and sounding like them tone wise i find myself tuning into a tone that either work it works with it you know uh -huh. and i don't know i do that unconsciously until i realize uh but a lot of times i don't like it because of like if i play with somebody that plays uh not that they all do but a, a, a guitar player my age it's a certain style that i i can kind of get through but i don't want to play like that anymore i want to hear i want to be pushed into another you know, so uh, another uh, more updated style. I, I need that, you know, and and the, I, I the the sessions that we did together were just a, really a joy. Well, thanks, you know? man. That was and, a huge and, compliment, but, and I I just have a lot of fun, and, and a lot of my friends that are, you know, I have sort of like a double group of people that I hang with. There's the jazzers and the rockers. You know? Yeah. The jazzers can understand why I love to play with you on a Tuesday night. The rockers, they yeah. go, Wow, that must be really a different kind of gig, like, you know, a hollow body guitar oh, and an yeah, electric yeah. strat with well, distortion. They can't even figure out in their well, minds what that must sound No, like. it works the other way around. I remember at Spazio's when you were there uh, you were there a couple two couple of times at least and I remember some of my old cohorts like really not liking your sound <laughs> you know <laughs> they couldn't understand it and I said what what are these guys talking about? what are you talking about and this guy is a great improviser you know I mean your sound is magnificent man it's yeah. like it's oh, it's so it's it's just uh, you know but I can understand why they wouldn't like it because it's just not yeah. You know, Pat Martino said that about me one time. He came in with my friend Matt Reznikoff and heard me at Dante's. Oh, yeah. 
And uh, Matt um, Matt Reznikoff asked Pat, so how'd you like Scott? And Pat said, he's good, but it's not a guitar. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like Pat. <laughs> and then he pulled out his chart with all of the yeah, numbers. Yeah, with the He was another teacher in my so I knew Pat pretty well, and he was pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. Yeah, he would draw out his sun and moon and yeah. Jupiter charts. Oh God, yeah, <laughs> it was fucking funny, man. But I had a great time with you know when Pat was he was teaching at uh, at GIT for, yeah, yeah, yeah. for a while. That was before he had the brain surgery, and right. And I, I was working with Oscar Castanevas, and, and that was my Brazilian nylon string, and we did that for maybe three years. When John Patatuzzi was playing bass, we had a, it was a great thing going. Yeah, and one night great. I look out and I and I see. Oh my God! I had never met Pat, and I look in this darkness, and I see those those little glasses that he yeah. wore in that one album. It's kind of scary, you know. And uh, we started talking, and he was like really a nice guy. And then so he was coming to the house every week, and I'd make some pasta, and we'd play, you know. And he was showing me some of the you know the stuff that he you know, but. Uh, his theories, I can never figure all that shit out. Oh, he out. was just oh, yeah. out there. I'll tell you still one of the is. funniest things he ever did that we're still talking about it at the school. Uh -huh. He was in his room, this little, you know, small room, and he was behind a desk. I think he was in Joe DiOrio's room. Oh. Where he had the desk there. Okay. You know, so he was sitting behind the desk and he was playing with a student. And while the student was playing, he just stopped playing and he reached in the drawer and he got a pair of wire cutters and he just <laughs> cut the guy's strings off his guitar. Now that I like. <laughs> right here, right at the headstock. Oh, yeah. He no just way. clipped all six strings just like right off his guitar and the student's like... <laughs> and then Pat said, I want you to go out under the stars and play your guitar with no strings and imagine whatever. Oh, what? <laughs> he went into one of his spiels, right? Yeah. Oh, God. That, that's fucking great. <laughs> and play the guitar without strings yeah. on it. Nah. Then we still talk about that. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> Well, John, with all the all the players and all the gigs you've done, it might be a hard question, but what's some of the most memorable players that you've played with where it's just like, wow, I can't believe I'm playing with these cats? Or is it stuff that stands out over the years? I think the one, one, one time really stands out for me, and it was playing with Benny Goodman. Wow. Because I was in the midst of this thing, and we're playing... And I'm saying... God, because I mean, I grew up listening to that shit, and to be right there with 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 and Benny, he just had this great the time that he played, and you know, I I worked with him. He couldn't remember. I guess he was he was about my age. He couldn't remember. Oh, he couldn't remember names anyway. He had a bad memory, uh, but he uh, he'd always. Uh, Lou Levy would be contracting so he said and get that kid on guitar <laughs> I, I was the kid but uh, I have one recording on, uh, with with Benny we did uh, up in uh, 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 someplace around Seattle uh, they recorded from the board in, uh, and and it, it's really it's really exciting and I, I was playing my 335. And uh, at the time, I don't know, I just because I was used to playing it, that, that, that was a, a, they were good guitars. And Benny, uh, he, he asked me to go, you know, uh, be, before the show to get an A from the piano and, and go into the dressing room and he'd tune up to it, you know. I don't know how that ever worked out, but he seemed to, and one night he looked at me and he said, John, he said, tell the truth. Don't those wider guitars get a better sound? <laughs> it was with you know the thing is not amplified. You know what kind of sound you're going to get out of it. But he was right. So anyway, and I pulled out. Then I, that's when I pulled out my ES-175 and started using it with him. <laughs> uh -huh. wow. But that was memorable, and uh, uh, there, there were times and that stand out i mean it was, they were just special for me for for those reasons you know yeah yeah and a lot of times with with joe that that was always uh 
always a great treat, you know, to, to play alongside of him. And uh, It would have been a great treat for me, too, if I hadn't been scared out of my death. <laughs> 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 fucking scared to death. I always loved playing with Joe. It was always so much fun. <laughs> I would have had more fun if I wasn't petrified. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know how long it, take, it took me to... To, to to get enough courage to, to play a solo oh, while he was on a stand, you know, yeah, it was like I think it was ten years. You know, Joe would look at me and say, "Come on," you know, and I play a few notes. I never knew what he was going to say to me next, but I knew it wasn't going to be good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He'd probably get a wire cutter and say, "Take yeah. this guitar right, right, right. and, and go into nice a, sit in me. the middle of yeah. the woods and <laughs> and play." He'd say. See, what I suggest is take six months off, <laughs> then quit. <laughs> I remember one time he looked at me and he just went, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, my God. But I, that was in the early days. I was just kind of first learning standards and oh yeah what my, were you playing then i was playing my just my regular strat like okay. like i play with you but i just yeah. didn't i didn't have the knowledge of standards that i do now yeah. i didn't back yeah. then i mean this is 20 years ago i yeah. just didn't have it yeah you know and i was playing trying to play scales instead of chord tones and i just really didn't have it yeah. It was more the like jazz vocabulary. 30 years ago, right? Yeah, I guess. It was more like 30 years ago. So I was just learning jazz, and I, I, could, I could make the changes, but not in a, not in a really good way. Mm-hmm. And he knew that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. How did he know? <laughs> he just knew. <laughs> I don't know how he knew, but he just knew. Damn, it's like he could hear it or something. Yeah. <laughs> Like magic. <laughs> John, well, you know, I didn't even ask you before we go on. I didn't ask you, do you want a drink or anything, mate? Would you like something? No. I. Uh, you good? They wanted to get me drunk. You, water I, or anything? No, I'm fine. You good, mate? John, no, but well, I, what about I, us? I, oh. <laughs> How about you guys? I don't like care, usual. man. I'm looking after the star, man. Oh, yeah, right, right. <laughs> oh, I'm the star now. No, but you just hit on, uh, on, on something... It, it might take getting serious, but I like to ask ask uh, both of you guys, and I, we might have talked about it. But I, you know, you say where your level was as far as maybe because you didn't really seriously listen to a lot of jazz to hear where the where where the resolutions might be, and you know, and when you when you as you know, like when you teach, it's. You get somebody that comes in and they were maybe a, a classical player or blues player and you have to introduce them to that stuff. But what happens when you get a student that is advanced harmonically but they're not, they kind of bypassed all that? I mean, I have a feeling, and in discussion with like Matt Harris, he feels the same way, but I, I, I feel like it's imposing on if I have a student and I try to get them, I don't want them to play like me because they might be looking at another, uh, some, it, it, what, what is advanced now, you know, like, because I, I like to look ahead at different, you know, like I enjoy some of, a lot of stuff that like Rosenwinkle plays and stuff. You know, he's got his, almost his own language that he developed. I mean, I, I, I don't particularly like when they do Rosenwinkel and and they they do like a standards album and they play all they don't play the right changes that that the tune had originally you know Mm -hmm. so I have this like this one student that is is listening to these real outside players Uh, there's these young guys in Scandinavia and and he and he so he wants to do I, I mentioned everything happens to me and and that's been on. Um, there's, you know, you know the tune. Everything happens to me. I don't know it. You know, well, you know it. Yeah. And there's one, there's one part that there's like a D diminished in it. That is such. It just happens at a crucial point in the song, and it's so pretty. Now this student, he. This is before juries. Uh, last semester and he said I want to do everything happens to me I said great and I and I think I started talking about getting the lead sheet out for him and so he 
but he had, a, he said, well, I started it already. And he starts doing this real bizarre shit and chords that don't move the way I expect them. Mm -hmm. But maybe he's doing something else and I don't want to take him away from that. But, and, and I fought him about this one chord that I thought was like the highlight of the so song. And right, right up until the juries, he, 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 and after the juries, he came out. And we, la you know, we talked, discussed it, and laughed about it. And he, but he, he never would play that chord <coughs> because he heard this one guy that is a real bizarre player, like real free, and he's a young guy, and, and, and he wants to play that way. So I feel like it's an imposition for me to force him or learn the other way because he's not really going to learn it unless you know you don't want you don't learn anything unless you want to learn it you know what i mean mm. and i myself and like matt harris and you were a little born a little later but there was still good music around so you can you know you you grow up and it becomes part of you mm -hmm. but i guess the question is i feel i enjoy teaching but i but when you have a student that is so hell-bent on doing something like that, how do you not get in their way? Or should they learn to, you know, how, I don't know if they can ever really learn those moves that, that you're hearing. Well, yeah, but they may never hear the way we hear, but ultimately there's this, we have this time together. Yeah. Right? I mean, here's the deal. You know, whatever, you've got them for a semester. So there's like yeah. 14 weeks or whatever that you've got them in a lesson. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I'm here to help you get to wherever you want to go. But also, I'm here with a lot of knowledge and experience that you could mine and add to what you're doing. You know, otherwise, I mean, if I'm just in your way, just give me the money and I'll give you a grade and you can go fuck around by yourself. You know, I mean, I'm here and... You know, let's face it, a lot of our job is calling people on bullshit. Yeah. You know, like they may be talented and they may be doing some really cool stuff, but they're also skating around and they're not really, they really don't have an idea what they're doing. They're just sort of doing an yeah. idea of something they think yeah. is hip. And, you know, that's something that you can hear right away if you, you know, I don't want anybody to sound like me. I don't expect anybody to like what I like. Aesthetics, my aesthetic has nothing to do with it. You know what I mean? I never once mm -hmm. told somebody i'll ask them you know if they're getting a particular what i find to be a peculiar sound yeah why do they like it do they realize they're getting it and as long as they can tell me yeah they know they're doing it and why they're doing it and they like it i'm totally cool with that you know but i'm not going to let them just plug something into the wall and get some crappy sound without even hearing like i got guys that'll be playing and they don't even realize they're playing on the treble pickup I'll stop them after damn near a chorus mm -hmm. and say, wait a second, do you realize your sound is completely different than it was like last week? No. Do you realize you're playing on the treble pickup? No. And then I'm going, well, dude, why do you want me to listen to you if you don't listen to you? You know, expect me to listen to you when you're not even listening to you. You don't even realize that something is fundamental. That should be two notes in. Yeah. And you should have gone no further. Unless you liked it, then you should have been totally aware that you're getting something new and you dig it. You know what my point is, is as a teacher, there's those elements that we have to offer these people who may be off on a completely other path, but we can still challenge them, encourage them, nurture them, and offer them things. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not about turning somebody into something else because mm -hmm. especially the kids I've got, they're so damn talented, they may be the next Rosenwinkel or Frizzell or mm -hmm. George Benson, West Montgomery, well, yeah, you know, Charlie yeah. Christian, whatever. I mean, who knows? You know, yeah. I'm just here to help, you know, and they're paying me, so I'd like to help. Mm -hmm. But there are people who really just see me as a total imposition, in which case we just play. It's the only thing we can do. You know, I give them homework. Write me three tunes by next week. You know, mm -hmm. write me a tune. You know, whatever, something like that. Transcribe this. You like, you like, transcribe it, this solo. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? If they're just totally blowing me off and they don't really want anything from me, then I'll just assign them work that I know is good for them. Mm -hmm. And I'm um, trying to help them out that way. Because really, I don't have a dog in this fight. I'm already getting paid. You know, I just want to help them. Yeah. I just sort of feel like you, 
I mean, I don't want to stop anybody from being an innovator because, you yeah. know, they might be what we said. They might really turn out to be an innovator. But there seems to be like a common sense thing among good musicians of what sounds good and what sounds bad. And when I hear something that sounds bad, I just try to call them on it and say, yeah, that's out, but it's not out in a good way because it doesn't make any sense. Yet another guy who's really good can play notes that are just as out and they do make and they sense. Do make, yeah, yeah. You know, and then you go, yeah, now that really sounded good. And if I transcribed it, I could probably tell you why it mm -hmm. sounded good. And, and, and I could probably transcribe what you just played and tell you why it sounds bad. Mm -hmm. But they don't hear that. They just think they're playing out, but they have no idea that none of that shit they're playing really makes any sense and it doesn't sound good. Right. They don't know. Yeah. So that's, I guess that's our job to tell them that, that you're, you're not sounding out in an intelligent way. Mm -hmm. You're sounding out in a bullshit way. Yeah. Well, just imagine and there's a difference. You're taking lessons from somebody, and you really don't want to learn anything from. Them. Well, there's been guys like that. <laughs> no, in our no, I, mean, I mean, I mean, so maybe the school situation is, you know, you have to take private lessons because it's, you know, you have to get that grade or you won't graduate. So, okay, so that you know, I wish, I wish they'd just be honest and say, hey, look, I just need a grade here. I don't really give a shit what you have to say. Yeah, but I'll pay you the money, mm. and let's just let's just go have lunch or something, you know. I mean, that's cool with me, too. You know, I mean, I, I would appreciate that honesty. Yeah. yeah. You know, but, you, but I just, for the life of me, I can't believe anybody who's a serious innovator or a great player or anything, musician, wouldn't take advantage of that time to pull what information, wisdom, experience out of that person they're hanging out with since you're going to, you, you've paid for your 15 hours or whatever. Mm -hmm. Give me my shit. You know I mean? I may not use any of it, but I, I'm, I'm interested to hear where it came from and what you're doing and why you're doing it and, you know, what you think of my shit and what I should be doing. You know, I want to hear all that, you know, and maybe I'll reject it out of hand. <laughs> but but, well, as a student, what's the most valuable thing you're paying for? Constructive criticism. That's the most valuable thing you're paying for. At, that's what you're giving your money for. So sure. someone can give you constructive criticism. And that's the one thing they don't want. <laughs> well, they don't want criticism. Constructive or otherwise. Yeah, they just don't want any criticism. Yeah, right, right. Right. They, it's like Branford Marcellus said in that, uh, that interview, which is amazing. They asked him, like, what do you think of students today? And he said they're full of shit. All they want to do is be told how good they are. You know, they don't want to hear, you know, like they don't want to hear about their weak stuff. They just want me to say, yeah, man, you sound great. And that's what they're paying me for. And I refuse because I refuse to tell them they sound good because they sound like shit. <laughs> well, it's so funny. But, but the thing is that, I, that I, for myself, uh, I, I enjoy teaching, but I want, I want, I want to give them something, you know. And I don't know how to give somebody that is not interested in what I could show them. There's you know. lots more than that. You know, I mean, and this is something that I, I really had a kind of a, a real interesting experience. I was teaching and I was doing a workshop up north. Uh, and uh, it was, there were singers and everything. And this one woman who came in was a singer and she, and she came up to me and she says, you know, she said, I'm a therapist. That's my gig. You know, I mean, my real life gig, you know, I mean, I'm just doing this workshop because I love music, you know. And she says, you ought to think about being like a therapist or a life coach, she said, because you really have a way of empathizing with people and listening to people and, you know, connecting, you know. And, mm -hmm. and, and there's a lot of me, the reason why I'm saying this is, is a lot of times exactly what you say, I feel like I'm being paid X amount of money to pay somebody, and I feel like I have to give them their, you know, they bought like five pounds of mortadella today, you know, and I, and they paid for five pounds, so they're going to get five pounds of mortadella, you know what I mean? And, and so, and what that means to me, what that means to me is like this many licks, this many chord voicings, this, this song harmonizes, you know what I mean? To me, that means musical stuff you know, the pound, the weight by the pound for their lesson price, right? I mean, and realizing that many of the best lessons I have with my students, we don't even play a note. We don't even talk about music. Mm. I just let them tell me about what's going on in their life and the issues they have 
that are keeping them from playing or that are surrounding music or, you know what I mean? Or maybe considering a change of direction, you know what I mean? Those kinds of things. Yeah. Or, yeah. or what to listen to or to just hear like what it's like to actually be my age and have paid my bills by playing music my whole life. You know, just to hear, you know, that's like, and this woman kind of telling me, you know, it's okay for you just, you know, you're off, you're, what you offer people is not just licks mm. by the pound, is what I heard her say. I'm not so sure that's well, what Bruce, she said. Bruce, I've got this pain, like, right here. <laughs> and I was well, wondering if you could... <laughs> well, you know, I can, I'll tell you what. I can get rid of it. I'll play a few scales for it. It'll go away <laughs> in the morning, right. okay? Thanks. <laughs> but, you, but you know what I'm saying? Sometimes, totally. Sometimes with a student, it has nothing to do with just playing. It has to do with just yeah. making them a pizza. You know what I mean? Yeah. And letting them chill out. Because, let's face it. These, particularly college-age kids, mm. they're doing that transition thing from being the high school kid where their whole life was taken over by their parents and watched, yeah. and then and they're just being thrown out in the world, and they're in that weird position where they're becoming adults, and they're, they're in the stillness-safe environment of the college. It's almost like they're growing wings or something, you know? Yeah, and, and, yeah. And, they, and, and, and these are things that you and I take for granted because we've had our wings for 40, in your case, 65 years, you know, in our case, 40 years you know so for them just to sit and that, be calm with an adult who's who's like doing what they want to do yeah. you know and and of course they think we're all full of shit they're kids they know we're full of shit they don't think we're full of shit i mean remember when you were young with the arrogance of being young there's a you know they know everything and now especially they know everything with their with the internet and everything that you know it's like we're a bunch of stupid guys in the way but you know if we sit down and relax and kind of mentor them then we can create a connection and that's as important that's what they'll remember they're not going to remember the harmonization of, of yeah. everything happens to me in in 20 years but they will remember hanging out with you and you're demanding that they were good and you're having integrity and you're caring about them that's the stuff that will change their life Ta-da! <laughs> I think I got a victory here. Well, you, you do, <laughs> and you know what? You just you just pointed out something that that I don't play with that microphone. Uh, it fell. It fell off. Oh, okay. Oh. It was on. It fell off. Yeah, was, you know. I, I thought was, you were you know, professional. I was sitting it. <laughs> that happens to you. You know, I, I wanted to warn you. Ninety-five. That's what happens to your penis. <laughs> Is that what happens? <laughs> you mean as a string? It falls on off. It? Yeah. Don't take a shower after you're ninety-five. It goes down the drain. <laughs> no, but seriously, no. You just pointed out something because I find myself, I find myself with the ones that I there are, and this student also. I don't know anything about him. You know, the other students I have that I feel comfortable with, I, I do get where they are, their lives, and, and I, I ask them questions like that. Yeah. And that makes me more at home. Now, this guy is like, I don't know anything about his girlfriend and, and what, you know, what his likes and dislikes are, except that he wants, he won't play that D chord where it really feels yeah, that D diminished. Well, tell him it's a B diminished. Maybe he'll like it better. <laughs> he'll say, yeah, now that sounds really weird. <laughs> now, yeah, that's good. That's good. But, uh, uh, yeah, well, the fact is, I'm at this point where I, I just found out yesterday I have more students than I want, you know. I mean, I don't, I don't like to work. Don't complain about it, though. Huh? Don't well, I'm not complaining, but I don't want to do that much. I spend more time when they're not there with the students um, preparing stuff. Right. I mean, I could spend an evening working on a lesson that they don't know, even know about. About I want to give them something. I, I feel that I, that's what I want to do. I, I want, know, but just by wanting to, you are, and, you know, you know, yeah, and they they gotta they gotta be ready to hear it just as much as yeah. Know, well, I gotta look more. But but the one thing that I I laid on this, this one kid, his name is Miles, and he he's really into uh, now this this other kid is not is that into your Rosie. Miles. No, it's probably not Miles. My Miles. But Miles, uh, he is. Uh, He's really into Rosenwinkel. That uh, that that is his his band, and he he's really a, a good uh, really good player, and he knows all that shit. He knows all the fucking scales and all you know the Rosenwinkel language, and he yeah. he could play that stuff. So after the last juries, and I, I said, Miles, I said, what what are we gonna do next semester? He said, Well. Uh, 
I said, I have an idea. I said, why don't I take lessons for you and then and and I'll give you an A. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> Which I thought was a good deal, you know. Yeah. And he laughed. But now he's one guy that is not he's the kind of he's the, the student that'll sit down and we'll be playing something and he'll stop me and say, What was that movie you just did, man? Right. You know. And of course, with my memory, I can't even fucking remember it. It's like, you know, oh, I can't, yeah, let's, you can't right. run the tape back, you know. Right. But, it, but, uh, but he'll stop me at, the, at a good point and, I, and, and really is interested in why that sounded so good and, right. well, and different. I, that's yeah. the first rule of in my studio is yeah. you can stop me. If I play something you like, yeah. stop me right then. That's what I say too. Stop me right then, yeah. because yeah. if you stop yeah. me at the end of the course and you say that thing you did, I might remember it. I might be able to get back. But if you stop me right then, <laughs> yeah. I can tell you. No, I can tell you what I was thinking, why I came up with it, how it happened. You know, I can give you a lot more contextual information about it that'll be much more value contextual yeah. information that will give you a lot more. That's good. You That's know, good. and 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 then I'll have to remind them. I'll like. You know, I'll act like I'm all pissed off at him. I'll go, what, don't I play anything you like to hear? <laughs> and then what, I like everything you play. So how can you never stop me then? <laughs> I have to do the same thing with yeah. my guys. They think you're, I'm on a record date or something. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not, not the fucking studio. This is a lesson. This is a, you know, know, no pro, there is like, no proto. Just yeah, stop yeah. me when, I, when you do something you want to know. Just say stop. Yeah. What was that? Right, I'll stop. Right. right. <laughs> yeah, it's like... I mean, you're, you're making paying, a record. You're or paying for this. <laughs> you know, did you forget that actually you're, you know, the customer? You yeah, know, right. <laughs> you should be able to say, "Stop, <laughs> right. bitch!" <Yeah. laughs> hey, you piece of shit! Stop. <laughs> you're working for me. Yeah, right, right. Wash my car. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or the guys that don't tape, like. There are guys that come in and want to play with me, and they say, "Yeah, dude, I want to jam." Like, okay, great. You know, yeah. where's your tape recorder? Yeah. What? <laughs> what? Do what? Do what? <laughs> like, dude, you coming in here and asking me to jam with you without a tape recorder is like you telling me I don't give a fuck what you play. <laughs> I'm not gonna listen to it later. So, are you gonna remember anything I played after you leave? Fuck oh. no. <laughs> I remember what it felt like. That's all you remember. It's just ridiculous, you know. So, I have to actually teach some of my guys that the whole point of coming in and playing with one of the teachers is that you don't get to ask John Coltrane what he was doing, <laughs> but you get to ask yeah. the teacher, you know, like, what was that? And you get to actually learn something from it. where you listen yeah. to a record, you know, somebody might play something and you can say, okay, that was C minor, that was D minor, it diminished. But a lot of times these guys on the records, they're playing stuff and you really don't know and there's no way to figure out what was in their head when they yeah, played it. Yeah. But when you're with a teacher, you get to say, stop, what the hell was that? That out shit you just played, and then they learn something. Yeah. So if they don't tape it, I mean, it's almost like they're just wasting their money, throwing their money away. Yeah. God, I got a stack of cassettes this high, me sitting around playing with all those guys at school, Pat Martino and yeah. Joe DiOrio and Ted oh. Green. And wow. I got a stack of cassettes like this. I'll oh. never get through them in my whole life. But, no, but you never, you never, that's what I'm doing now. I'm digitizing all of my stuff. Mm -hmm. I, I found cassettes with, in 1954 with, uh, with, play, with Chuck Wayne. <laughs> with Chuck Wayne and we're playing, and I was in the, and when I was in the Air Force and, and we're playing two guitar things and playing having met Miss Jones and stuff. I listened to it the other day and I said, shit, uh, yeah. In fact, I was playing really good then. I couldn't tell my, I couldn't tell my, my playing from Chuck Wayne's because I was so influenced by him, you know. And, and uh, at, the t at the time. And, and I found this thing with, with Lee Rittenauer when he was 20 and I was 40. And I'm playing with a wah-wah pedal and shit like that. I don't remember playing like that. I must have been having a good time, man. Bending, you were funking up. You didn't bend, notice all those naked girls dancing around you? Oh, I noticed it. Now those, I remember that. I don't, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I that, think you were doing a porn movie track. Uh, <laughs> well, I have to ask you if you remember something. What? Do you remember me calling you up one time and telling you hi from Chuck? Paul Chafin? Yeah, sure. Remember that? Yeah. Because you knew him in the Air Force. Right. There yeah. was a saxophone player 
who ran a music store in my hometown, West Palm Beach, Florida, and he was a good saxophone player, and his yeah. favorite player was Zoot Sims. Oh. Uh, and he played with you in the Air Force, and with, he played in the band with you. And oh, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Reason, the reason he, he, he knew is because he heard your album that I'm on what, that one cut on yeah. the Guitar Night album. Oh, oh, really? And he heard that record, and yeah. he said, oh, my God, Scott knows John. And he yeah. called me and he says, you've got to say hello to John Pisano because yeah. we played together in the Air Force. I, no, I certainly remember that because yeah. I remember Paul well. He was, he was always a, a wonderful player. His I son, was, we played rock and roll together. Really? We were like well, his son called me after, after he died. You uh -huh. know, Jeff. And, and, yeah. I, I, don't, I, I remember, it. I think I have pictures of his son when he was like, his son... Would he be your probably He's around? He's my there? age. Yeah, yeah we yeah. we played together. Yeah. in the Southside Boogie Band <laughs> at the Stein House with Twenty Five Cent Beer Night, and those girls took their tops off. So, <laughs> and that's sexist. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you took your top off too. <laughs> yeah, Jim, me and Jeff go way back, and I've known his dad wow. for so long, and he was sort of like the icon of our town, the jazz oh, yeah. Yeah, guy, yeah. Of the guru, the jazz yeah. guru of the whole city yeah. of West Oh, Beach. he was he was that a sweet guy. You, you had to like him. He was just yeah. nice. Beautiful you know? guy. Yeah, yeah that, I just want to bring that up because I, I, I just remember that. That was a band that, was, that, I, that I joined and when I went into, uh, when I was in the Air Force and I, and I, they, they, I went down to Washington, D.C. He was, he was a horn player and, and then, uh, then when he got out of the services, and uh, Ronnie Odrich came in. Who Ronnie was is a he, he played like Buddy DeFranco, and he was a good friend of Buddy. And he uh, he got out and become a became a one of the leading author uh, uh, dentistry orthodontists in at the major place in New York. And I, I, I communicate with him occasionally. And when I go to New York, he comes in and plays sometimes. You know. That's been a that's been a while though, but Paul Chafin, yeah, and George Romanus was a bass player after that. Now George Romanus did he well? This is you guys weren't around in in town here, but George Romanus actually worked with Johnny Johnny Smith uh, a, a long time. Did a handful of albums with Johnny Smith, and he was an arranger. He could arrange for strings and everything. Uh, and who wants a drink? I'm, I'm fine. John, you good? Yeah, what yeah. What do you got? What do you got? Um, I think we might have a soda or something for you. You want a soda or something? I'm not supposed to drink sodas now. Water? Beer? Water is for homeless people. Yeah. <laughs> Beer, whiskey? Whiskey? Nah, I'll water. Water would be great. You're going to get homeless yeah. tonight. All right. Talk to you. Um, it's still running, so keep talking. Yeah. Whoa. I was going to ask you something. I forgot. Oh, yeah. It was about Dante's. Oh, yeah. So when you were playing Dante's, you obviously knew Carrie really well, right? Well, it's, the, yeah, and we're good enough to knock on the door and ask him where the hell my check was for I was just going to ask that question. <laughs> I was just going to ask him that because, because I remember going, I played Dante's one time and I went to the, his bank, which was Bank of America right there on Lancashire. Yeah. And I gave him the check and all the tellers started laughing. <laughs> yeah. and, and I said to the teller, I said, what's so funny back there? And she said, it cleared. <laughs> yeah, it cleared. It was... <laughs> Yeah, wow. So he did. He always owned Dante's the whole. Well, time actually, that? it was a partnership. There was a another. Uh, I can't remember. There was a husband and wife, uh, probably younger than him. That they they were co-owners, and then they they pulled out of it, and then somehow he was running the place. Okay. Whether they were still in, uh, involved, uh, or connected in some way. I just remember the very first time I met Carrie, he was wearing a navy blue t-shirt with white letters that says, Jazz ruined my life. <laughs> that was, the that was a whole was thing. I mean, yeah, all around. I mean, I remember that whole, there was jackets like that. That was a whole thing. Okay. Jazz ruined my life. Yeah. yeah. yeah Andy Simpkins' wife used to have one of those gold satin tour jackets. That that's what it said on the back of the shirt. <laughs> <Jeez. laughs> Jazz it's about shit. 
So Dante's, yeah, that was a that was a fun hang. I used to yeah, love it play. was. I, I love playing there. I love listening yeah. to music there. It was. A I met Freddie Hubbard there. He yeah. used to come in every night and and sit at the bar. And Howard Roberts too. Yeah, and Howard t- Roberts. Oh, Hi- Howard will. Yeah, he'd be there with his Heinekens and yeah. His. And every every morning, thank you. Howard Roberts would walk into Good the right. teachers' lounge. I'm fine, thank you. At school, and he'd be all cranky, go. What's up, Howard? Yeah, yeah. I played this gig last night with who? Some fucking sax player. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh. yeah I, I can't remember a night in Dante's that Howard wasn't there. Yeah. You know, almost. Then Howard he Roberts, that he oh. wasn't there at yeah. the bar at some point in the evening. I worked a lot of nights. Uh, with with uh, Joe there, Joe passed before he started doing thing with uh, with Herb Ellis, because I know they did an album and 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 Joe apologetically one time said, well, you know Herb does doesn't think it's good for me to uh, didn't didn't like the idea of us doing a duo thing if the album I don't know what the hell it uh. is so, so that's that's when. That was when people took themselves seriously. <laughs> <laughs> like we actually thought people really cared. You know, <laughs> remember that? <laughs> I don't know if they really did, but we thought they did. That was really cool. People that was did. really cool. Before the illusion was shattered. <laughs> <laughs> it's too bad that place is gone. And the building's not even there. It's in oh the yeah. Where, where was where was Dante's? On on uh, on Lancashire, and now it's a Pontiac dealership. Right? Yeah, oh, okay. it's right towards the end of Lancashire, up you know by Coenga. Yeah, yeah, just just down the street from the big potato. And right. that was like the place. It was the. It place. was the place. Oh yeah, yeah. It was the. They place. had uh, you know the Count Basie band, and they yeah. had all bands, and there was mu- you know just good music every night. They. You uh, know. It was I, the hang. It was a place. I remember one. I remember nights when like. Errol, I remember Errol Garner was like sitting at the bar, and and Sarah Vaughn would be on the other, you know, like sitting at a table, and and all these people. And one night Sarah Vaughn came in, and I was, I had my band was playing there, and and they were just hanging out, and Jimmy Rolls was in at the same night, and that we had the la- the last set was coming up, and I, I I said to Jimmy, I said, would you, would you and Sarah like. Want to do so? He said, "Yeah, it's a great idea." And and that was like, it was so beautiful. Just wow. you know, Jimmy and and Sarah doing a duo thing for the last set. You know? Oh wow! I'm yeah. starstruck oh, man. I heard, right I, there. Man. I heard so many great great musical. Yeah. I mean, you know, I would come down from San Francisco and play there a lot, but I'd be hanging out here. You yeah. know, that's when I would hang out at MI, and it was GIT then. Um, and you know, yeah, I'd be sitting there, and it was just—it was just so great. I'd, I'd play, I'd play with she- Shelley and Andy Simpkins. You know, that would be like my trio. <laughs> you know, yeah. and they're all working for thirty-five dollars a night. You know, and oh yeah, days, you know, if that was thirty, it's or like, Seth, it was thirty-seven fifty. Thirty-seven fifty. That's yeah, but you'd never <laughs> wow. get. You'd always, I, you'd get a have a tab, and you'd wind up with like yeah. seven dollars, no, thirty-two <laughs> cents. <laughs> Carrie used to give me more money, you know, because I was coming in from out of town. Yeah, and so uh, he would give me the bread for the band and whatever, and so I'd pay. I just split it three ways, you know, and I yeah. gave Shelley like. 60 bucks or 75 or 100 whatever you know and carrie would call me says, don't ever do that again these guys make 37 50 oh, yeah. <laughs> the rest is for you <laughs> you're getting me in trouble man <laughs> wow <laughs> man but I mean, it was of course it was 1978 or something you know so it was like you know it was 100 bucks was good for a gig then well speaking of dante's i remember one night I, I was working there with my my group, and uh, all of a sudden, I, you know, remember that the, the entrance is on the side, and there was like a little light there, and you didn't couldn't really see the people. Right. All of a sudden, I see this shadowy character walking in, and I look at it, West Montgomery. Whoa! <laughs> yeah. And and uh, I don't know. So if I what had... year would that be? Well, because didn't West die in the sixties? Mid-60s? No, no. West Montgomery died when I was with 
I was with Herb. That was before the before. It was like probably so. It was latter, before it was Dante. It was before nineteen seven seventy. It was it was Dante, but Dante's was open. When did well? I I just remember Wes coming in because yeah. Do you know? So? Uh, do you remember a guitar player? Thumbs Carlisle. Oh man, I've heard yeah. the name, but I've yeah. never heard him oh, play. Oh man, yeah, he he played with the guitar flat. Yeah, yeah. Well. I remember what happened is Thumbs was, and I don't know if they knew each other, but Thumbs Carly was sitting at the booth right ahead, and and so Wes comes in and sit sit down next to him, and they're both in you know, and I'm I'm playing. I I thought I'd be I don't remember being nervous, but I probably was, and uh, at the end of the set I I announced that I said I I have to acknowledge the presence of two great guitarists that are in the room tonight. I said. And, even though the fact is that they, they both play incorrectly. <laughs> with the thumbs. Yeah, anyway. thumbs and thumb. Yeah. And thumbs they, and I, was, I wonder if people called Wes Thumb Carlisle. Thumb Carlisle. <laughs> <laughs> Wes, um, Wes died yeah. in 68. Okay. So Don, I guess Don, I mean I got recordings from Dante's since 1970. I wasn't around. Of course, I was too young. But when did Dante's open originally, you know? How long has it been there? When did it? When when did it start? When? Oh, I don't know the beginning. It just seemed to start in the middle of, of the sixties. Yeah, probably. Oh, okay. That long. Wow. wow. Huge history, man. It must have been before that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I came out here in, in fifty. What did I say? Fifty-seven. Fifty-eight. Yeah, fifty-six, fifty-seven. So. And I I can't remember if Dante was going at the time. Probably was. Yeah. Wow. John, when when you were at that time and playing all the jazz, and that's like when rock and roll was hitting big, yeah. what was that like to play? You're playing jazz, and then it's all this rock music coming in. What was that like as a player? Were you getting to ask to play that kind of stuff on a regular basis? Yeah, or? you know, if, if, you, if you look back with rock in the very beginning, they, if, you, if, you, if you remember it, they didn't use... They would use studio guys to play rhythm and stuff like that. Did you? Did you oh, sure. You know, there was that, like this guy that Elvis Presley's guitar player. Oh no, yeah, like Scotty, Scotty Moore. Scotty Moore. Yeah, he yeah. Just, he just passed away. So, so uh, you you would you would play a rhythm. I mean, whatever. If they wanted a picking thing or the you know the, the begin figure out how to right. do that. Yep. But uh, it, it was it it became more of I think that influence. So is Mike good? Is you is your mic? Is your mic good, John? Your mic, your mic might. I think your mic might have fallen again. You you're like a young. Every your ventriloquist. I'm talking too much. Your ventriloquist. No, no, not at all. It's um. But I don't know what you asked me. What what did I? Well, I just. Well, I have a question for the you. The rock and roll yeah. thing. Yeah. Like, did, were you into any of the rock players like Hendrix, Jimmy Page, Led Zeppelin? Did you listen to any of that music, or were you into it? Not not a lot. I mean, I I listened to. Uh, uh, I I know the records like you know were. When we were, when I was with Herb, all of those all of those different artists were around, and I would I would hear it, you know, and maybe try to pick up some stuff mm -hmm. that Herb might have want, wanted some licks and stuff. But uh -huh. I I never really felt I was influenced by it. But now looking back, and like I say, uh, looking back when when I when I, I I played, I worked for a period of time with Lee. We did a thing at Dante's a lot, and. And Lee Rittenauer, he was he was twenty years old, but he 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 he, he was he played great, uh, and and I was playing more into that, but only because the rhythm is like really important to me, and 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 I was like popping through the the rhythm, playing playing this shit, but it, it was so rhythmic, you know, mm -hmm. uh, that it. it uh, it, it just uh, always felt, uh, even to this day, I need I need to have like a a really strong rhythm section and a yeah. drama that. But uh, I don't know where the original question. I'm just kind of skirting around it. But you said, what 
Well, I'm, I'm sure you probably heard that stuff on the radio. Oh, yeah. But it wasn't like something that really captured your interest that much because you were a jazz musician. You were listening more to jazz. Yeah, and yeah. I think maybe uh, maybe I would listen more to some of the... Th there were certain artists that I liked because of the rhythms and, and, and uh, some... I can't remember the specific the names that are like. Uh, it's been such a long time, but I remember getting a lot of albums because when I was with Herb, I would, I had a card and I could get any you know go to Tower Records and and I'd come back with a stack of records and I had all of those, all of those records and I would listen to but certain certain groups, and uh, it was always I was attracted to. Some that were maybe a little more harmonic, you know. Right, of course, and yeah. yeah. Like I, when I the Beatles come out and stuff like that. I mean, that must have been. Yeah. Did that sort of hit you guys? No, a lot of guys complained about that. I remember right. Barney Kessel saying, "Oh shit, man, what kind of music is that?" You know, like it's it sounded very, very simple. But you know, later on, you realize, oh shit, if something like that happened today, it would be a breath of fresh air. You know. Yeah. No, yeah, but I mean, yeah, guys. You know, the guys were the studio guys, and they, they started playing it, you know, the Wrecking Crew, all those guys. Yeah. And uh, and then pretty soon they were supplanted by the guys who really grew up listening to it and had their hearts in it, you know. I mean, it was just a natural shift change at the factory, kind of, you know what I mean? Right. And that's kind of the way the music is supposed to be, you know. And then there's some people who just get stuck in various places, and some people who sort of evolve with it, or even stay at the vanguard. Well, there you go, guys. Thank you, uh, John Pisano. Thank you, Bruce and Scott. We'll, we'll continue that, that little hang we had um, down the road a little bit, but uh, well, I thought we'd end it there also the some of the audio John wouldn't stop playing with bloody microphone <laughs> he was a fidget ass so uh, that we apologize for that and uh, but tough titties that's how it goes so um, we just when we get John back we'll tell him not to mess with his microphone but uh, if you have any questions or suggestions you know where to send it guitarwank at gmail.com guitarwank.com to our website uh, thank you to all our sponsors Dario, Jimmy Dunlop, Wireworld Pro Audio Cables, Sir, Guitars and Amps, Exotic Pedals, RiftMasterPro.com. Um, yeah, my music masterclass. Go check it out. Have a fantastic week. And uh, I hope whoever you are supporting, and uh, they won. And I just pray that the next time I speak to you, we are all still here. <laughs> oh, God going to be one hell of a week uh anyway keep guitar wanking please if you have a question or you just want to start a discussion go to our facebook and write it there say whatever you want get it going we'll, uh, we'd love to hear from you and uh we really appreciate all the emails and, and everything we are getting from our viewers around the world and by the way we've hit over 60,000 60,000 subscribers that blows my mind so um from everywhere all over the world to all our Brazilian fans I know we've got a bunch down there in uh, Sweden and Germany uh, it's, uh, the guys in Russia everyone out there we thank you so much for all the support spread the word keep it going and um, I know <laughs> we are trying to get Alan Holdsworth which I think now it's kind of a running joke and I love all the jokes that we get in the emails everyone says and asks about Alan Holdsworth it's kind of the running theme now I said to Bruce the other day we really gotta get we gotta get something from Alan Alan Mr. Alan Holdsworth if you are out there we want you on the show mate you gotta come now there's too much um, there's too much talk about you so we gotta have you on the show I think that'd be a lot of fun we can get some uh, maybe some home brews going with uh, I think Alan likes his He's beer. He's a bit of a beer connoisseur. So um, that would be a lot of fun. So I'm working on it, guys. I'm working to get Alan Holdsworth. I, I think that would be fantastic. At least we'll call him 
and uh, and find out what the hell's going on and uh, get the talk room. But other than that, have a fantastic week. Be safe, be kind, and uh, let's keep guitar wanking. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs>